I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado holding things down. Back-to-back Sundays for James and I. Going to be a fun, fun three hours, because over the course of the three hours, we want to hear from you guys. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at Rounding Again, at Femi Abebefe. Coming up, we have Derek Stevens, the Circa Resort owner of the uh, casino out there at downtown Las Vegas. He joins us at 11.15, talking some college basketball, what they have on deck for March Madness. One week from today, we will have a bracket. James, full breakdown of the NBA card today as well. Seven games in the association, headlined by the NBA Finals rematch between the Suns and Bucks. Our road to the draft continues in the NFL in the start of hour number two as we take a stop in the Meadowlands to examine the New York Jets and then a trip down south to Charlotte to talk all things Carolina Panthers. We'll, of course, have our eyes peeled on college basketball with the focus being the final day of the Big Ten regular season. But, James, what's happening, man? How's Colorado treating you? It's cold out here, Femi. Oh, no. Wake up. I I wake up, and it's snowing. We've It's going to snow all day. You wake up. It's 10 degrees outside. This is just one of those days where it's a beautiful thing. I'm here in the man cave. i got multiple TVs. We've got a game getting ready to tip. It's rise and shine, wake and bake, kegs and eggs. Let's get it on. <laughs> rise and shine, indeed. And we will rise and fire, maybe, on some college basketball games throughout the three hours here. But before we get into today's slate, let's react to what we saw yesterday, James, that Duke-North Carolina game, it was the talk of the week in college basketball and in sports just in general there. Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. They had all of the Duke alums, all the great players from yesteryears in attendance for this game. Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, was in attendance, a number of celebrities and dignitaries, but we saw Carolina at some point, they looked like they were pushed to the brink, almost in fear of being blown out, but then they rallied back, and what a second half there from the Tar Heels as they get the win as 10 and a half point underdogs plus 500 you could have gotten in town James what was your reaction to what we saw yesterday afternoon well aside from the coach K the celebration of coach K's career there over four decades five national titles for the Duke Blue Devils on that sideline just think about everything that had to go on with the players in this game leading up to the game all the 
throughout the season for sure, but ultimately in this game, the final game, they're in Cameron Indoor Stadium for Coach K. And the players are the ones that have to go out there and play. Coach K doesn't suit up. He doesn't get out there on the court. The players have to put all of those distractions and, and all of that focus aside and actually go play their rival and one of the best rivalries in college basketball and in college sports for that matter over the last four decades playing Carolina. And, you know, I think I, I think from the, you think about the not only – the pressure that builds psychologically, but then, you know, the kids are going to be amped up for both sides for sure. But you think about Duke's side, eventually you're going to kind of, you're going to kind of come down. You're going to have all this emotion built up and the adrenaline that's flying. But then that starts to, that once you get through that, when do you get your second win? And I think that's where we saw in that second half, Duke just emotionally did not have that second wind from that standpoint to be out there and guard. I think the Carolina was able to get to the rim repeatedly, get what they wanted. R.J. Davis to the cup all day long. Baycott, they didn't have an answer for him for Armando on the interior either. And I just think the the – all the the hype leading up to that and those kids finally on the Duke sideline and on the Duke floor that had to go out and perform, you know there's plenty of talent on that Duke side, and I think that's what we've seen from Coach K and a number of coaches over the handful of years here where it's been the one-and-done approach, getting those great talents, those five-star recruits. You know they're just going to be here for one 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 year in college basketball and kind of a almost a farm factory to the NBA that it's hard to find some semblance of chemistry on the floor because you have such a collection of talent, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a cohesive team. And I think we saw that play out last night in Cameron with that Duke loss. Yeah, and I think that's kind of been the big question about this Duke team throughout the season here, James. And like, I've been saying it's like something feels off, and it's probably the experience because they have a lot of freshmen there led by Paulo Bancaro, one of the best players in the country, will be a top three pick in the NBA draft this summer. But like, this is such a young team, almost kind of reminiscent of that Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish team that had the ceiling, but then they tripped up in the Elite Eight to Michigan State there just because they're so young and you kind of need that experience. It's almost like Duke Duke's ceiling is really high, and at BetMGM, they're 10 to 1 to win the national title, but then their floor is a little bit lower than some of the contenders that are up that high on the odds board. Well, and then there was questions of, well, we're, is Duke just going to get the favorable whistle tonight and the <laughs> officials want to play? You know, it really wasn't. If, you know, if, you were, if you're going to blow the whistle as an official based on contact, that would mean Duke would actually have to body somebody and play physically on the defensive side of the floor, which yep. they did not. And, again, for, for Carolina to be able to repeatedly get to the cup the way that they did and, and take over that second half, I, I, I just think it's a lot of pressure on a collection of talented players that don't have leadership. You have the leadership when you're talking about Coach K being there for so long and the institution there as the head coach at Duke. But you had to have leadership on the floor, and I think that's where Duke just doesn't have that because it is such a young team. Yeah, and it was a massive win for the Tar Heels as well. They were on the bubble, and everyone said they needed a quad one victory, and they were able to get it looking at Joe Lenardi's bracketology. They're no longer on the last four buys or the last four in. They are comfortably in the NCAA tournament, and they probably punched their ticket last night, getting that win, a quad one victory on the road over the Duke Blue Devils. Today's slate, though, James, is very interesting. We got NBA action, college basketball action. Uh, Nets Celtics, that tips off at 10 o'clock. Boston, four-and-a-half-point favorites, total 225 five and a half Suns Bucks the NBA Finals rematch Milwaukee laying nine and a half no Devin Booker no Chris Paul in that game for Phoenix total 231 and a half then you have the Raptors and the Cavs Cleveland laying three and a half over at BetMGM total 212 and a half and then Knicks Clippers Clippers laying four and a half 
total 219 and a half. And in college basketball, Houston and Memphis just tipped off. Memphis closed a two and a half point dog at home. 137 and a half was the total. Michigan, Ohio State is a very, very big game in terms of the bubble and Big Ten tournament seeding here. The Wolverines, four and a half point underdogs in Columbus, total 141 and a half. Nebraska and Wisconsin, the Badgers laying 11 and a half, total 146 and a half. And Northern Iowa, rather, Iowa and Illinois with the Illini laying four and a half. That's been bet up from overnight. 154 and a half is the total here. But let's start with Houston and Memphis, James. This one just tipped off. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a defensive battle right early on right now. We see the Tigers leading this game four to two, but we're only three minutes in. Well, and thinking about Memphis, they have put themselves back on the tournament bubble to get one of these at-large bids, obviously, unless they go in and, and win the conference tournament coming up. They've won nine out of their last ten, including a ten-point win at Houston back on February 12th. And you think about for the Houston side, I mean, that was really a physical, contentious game. I think it's 69-59 was the final score, so it was a lower-scoring type of game, and that's where I wanted to see. I didn't get involved with this game here. I think I really wanted to see. We know this is going to be very – that's Houston – plays very physical in nature and I think we're seeing another team in Memphis another kind of that one and done mentality there with Penny Hardaway mm -hmm. coach of the sideline there for the Tigers that this team has to learn how to play and and find some chemistry out on the court and it starts on the defensive end of the floor we know both these teams are going to get after it in the half court defensively. How was the officiating going to look? Were they going to? We saw that yesterday. Saw a number of games, especially in conference play, where the officials swallowed the whistle. Good, let them bang, let them play, and and let the physical nature of, of these tournament games, in a sense, where we know this is the last of a regular season game leading into the conference tournament here coming up this week. But I, sometimes I just want to make sure that the officials are not going to be part of this game. Anytime we talk about officials, it's usually not because they called a good game, right? <laughs> I mean, it's because, man, here we go again. Another whistle, another whistle. Mm -hmm. We usually tend to see that in the NBA where it's really just a free throw shooting contest. So I was glad to see that in a number of games yesterday. The officials let the kids play, let them be physical out there. That's what I wanted to see here. So we'll we'll keep an eye on this game as it as it progresses. It's early in this game. Memphis up with a 6-2 to two lead early. But let's see if the officials get involved or let these guys bang. Yeah, no, it's a really big game for the Tigers. On the last four in on Joe Lenardi's bracketology, they are the second to last team in the tournament here. So a win would probably put them in that maybe last four buys. It would be a big win over Houston. It would be a sweep of the season series. It's kind of one of the reasons why I avoided this game was just like I was eyeing Memphis, but I was like, well, they beat Houston last time, and they're also on the bubble, so you might, might be paying a little bit of a bubble tax knowing that this is kind of a must-win game for the Tigers. But I want to ask you that. Like, do you kind of avoid these games involving these bubble teams? Because everybody, the odds makers, the betters, we all know that Memphis needs to win this game. They need to win this game more so. I'm looking at how are they playing coming into this game. So there's a few other teams. You think about a Michigan State. We'll get to them later, and uh, they're playing later today. This is the team that's not playing well rolling into March, and yes, they need every win that they can get, but how are they? How, how have they been playing lately? What kind of momentum do they have coming into this game? A team like Memphis right now playing not, you know, winning 9 out of 10 and having the confidence have already beaten the Cougars earlier this season on their home floor. Uh, not, I don't typically just automatically say yay or nay based on the need and the urgency for this game for this team to have to try to get this win on said particular day in this case here with Memphis it's more so how have they been playing recently and obviously no one's really been much hotter than Memphis over the last few weeks yeah this Memphis team has really been hot like you mentioned there and it's this is the kind of the ceiling that we thought they could have entering this season they've won three straight there they lost to SMU uh, a couple Sundays ago 
on the road down there in Dallas. But outside of that, they've been really, really good here in the second half of the season and really good in conference play. And heading into the year, we all talked about Amani Bates and how they have all these big-time recruits coming in. Can Penny Hardway kind of put this all together here? And it seems like now they put it together in the last stretch. But it's it, it almost came too little too late. But now they've uh, put themselves in a position where if they win today, there's a good chance that they're in the tournament and maybe don't even need to win a game in the uh, AAC conference tournament, which will be the championship game next Sunday. Conference championships. I'm fascinated, James, and we're going to talk about this on the other side, these conference tournaments, because we've gotten a lot of the brackets, the Big Ten bracket, we're waiting on that one because we still have a lot of games to be played in the Big Ten conference, but it's one of those things that in the other Power Six conferences, we have the brackets out. Now we can try to mine for some of that value here because there are a lot of opportunities to win and cash some pretty big tickets here with conference tournament week on the horizon for the big programs coming up here starting on Tuesday. All right, James, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Big Ten because they wrap up the regular season today as it is the final day of the college basketball regular season. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game and every round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, on every key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today and get the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th for only $19 at vcin.com slash madness. Welcome back to Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, we are one week away from Selection Sunday as it is the final day of the regular season. And the Big Ten's taking center stage here. The Big Ten 
strategically put about five games on the schedule here for us to talk all things Big Ten. And let's talk about the one that has the biggest implications in terms of March Madness, and that's Michigan and Ohio State. The game, as they call it in football, and it's the game of the day in college basketball. The Buckeyes laying four and a half points in Columbus. Total 141 and a half, but we hinted at it in the last segment that the Wolverines, they're on the bubble and they need a win, and this is a, a big spot for them to get that, uh, that victory that maybe punched their ticket to the big dance. Well, and they need a win to bounce back, really, from the just a complete no-show effort on Thursday at home playing Iowa. Gave up 47 first-half points. And we know Iowa can shoot the basketball, and they've run a lot of great off-ball action. But, man, they were there, there was no effort for, defensively from the Wolverines in that first half. So looking for a bounce-back spot, not only to try to get themselves momentum going in the conference tournament, get themselves off that potential tournament bubble, but even just to find some, just some competitive pride to show out for the Michigan Wolverines in this matchup here. And I think that's where I went with this, not only from that standpoint for the Wolverines to try to write themselves from such a poor uh, performance and effort, but it really came from lack of intensity and lack of defensive effort from the Wolverines in that contest against Iowa, but also looking at the matchup here. So the matchup we know for Michigan can flow through and should flow through the post with Hunter Dickinson. Tough is mm -hmm. one of the one of the better bigs across the country and definitely one of the better bigs within the, the Big Ten. But looking at the Ohio State and their front line right now, really banged up. Kyle Young not going to play in this game. Zed Key, he, they, neither of these forwards played the last couple of games, and Zed Key is questionable to play today as well. So I think that's really going to impact the depth on that front line for Ohio State. Didn't so much impact them against Michigan State the other night. It was Joey Brunk coming off yeah. the floor or coming off the bench. He scored 18 points against Sparty in that game. He had 32 points all season rolling into that matchup. They had talked about it post-game, did Sparty, saying we didn't even have him on our scattering report. Good job, Coach. Come on, Izzo. What are we doing? You got to scout for the entire team. Uh, but I think they're going to be short up front. So I just think from that, from the matchup standpoint there, the fact that Ohio State is going to be thin on the interior and Hunter Dickinson, if Michigan can be disciplined through their half-court sets and work the ball into Hunter Dickinson, he is going to be a load for Ohio State to have to manage for 40 minutes. Yeah, this game tips off in about 15 minutes over there in Columbus. Interesting, though, we've seen some shops around town here in Vegas have moved to four and a half and even five I'm seeing on the board. So despite what you outlined with the Buckeyes being a little shorthanded on that front line there, they're seeing a little bit of love in the betting market as we approach tip-off here in about 10 minutes or so. W what would you need to get involved in this game? Would you maybe look at Michigan just because of what they need in this game? Or do you think that the Wolverines and the lack of defensive effort we saw against Iowa is maybe a hint of what's to come here as we end up the, the regular season? Well, what I need to get involved is just this finger in this hand right here, clicking send, and, <laughs> and that's except, and that's what I did. I did. I took the four and a half with Michigan okay. from that standpoint. Just just feeling like not only a bounce back here, but the, just the matchups and knowing this matchup for Ohio State, just being short up front on the interior. As long as Michigan doesn't get ball happy on the perimeter, they're not a good shooting team from the perimeter as it mm -hmm. is, so Ohio State's going to have to pack it in. I just think they're really thin on the front line, and Dickinson, especially if he's 
he's if he able he's able to get some of those interior players in foul trouble. They're already depth is already a question for Ohio State. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I'll take the four and a half. Yeah, this Michigan team, I mean, I think I might just be seduced by their potential. They were a top 10 team preseason-wise. And I feel like if they get into the tournament, they might have a chance to be one of those Power 5 teams that is an 11 seed. We've seen teams like Syracuse do this in the past. We saw UCLA go from the first four to the final four. I think Michigan, based on how the metrics love this team, despite their record straight up, could be a team that you might not want to face as a potential dark horse to make a run to the second weekend or maybe even a dark horse chance to get a run into the final four coming up here in a few weeks. Staying in the Big Ten, though, Nebraska's taking on Wisconsin. The Badgers coming off that big-time victory against Purdue. We saw the two bank shots in the final minute of that game as Wisconsin continues to win these close games. Well, they're now laying 11.5 at home against the Cornhuskers over at BetMGM. Total 146.5. And, James, this to me just feels like the ultimate letdown spot for Wisconsin. Although they win this game and they clinch the regular season title in the Big Ten. So where's the incentive here? I think the incentive mm-hmm. is there to clinch that, not not only having the number one seed, but you want to win the conference tournament, right? And these guys have been super hot. They've been playing incredibly well, won, five, won their last five straight, and it all runs through Johnny Davis. He's worth, for me, when I watch Wisconsin, that's how I watch. I love watching Johnny Davis play. The kid is he has that mid-range game. He's not a perimeter shooter, but he's such a leader on the court. He's such a competitor out there on the floor and he does it all for the Badgers, scoring, rebounding, assists. He leads the team in all three of those categories. Uh, he's, he's just such a pleasure to watch. I love his game. Just thinking on the other side for Nebraska, I mean, this is a bad basketball team. They are just 3-16 and 16 in Big Ten play, but they have won their last two games, including an upset win the other night last week, uh, Tuesday night, I think it was, against Ohio State. So maybe some momentum rolling into this game. Yeah, potentially uh, just based on the opponent for the Badgers, maybe a bit of a letdown here. They did beat them earlier in the season, just like everybody else was beating the Cornhuskers <laughs> all throughout conference play, right? But I just think the fact that win this game here and you you take down outright the big season or the Big Ten regular season title, I think that's an incentive. I, I, I'm not going to lay this number. It's too big a number for me to lay, but I'm definitely not going to take it with the Huskers. I'll pass on this game. We'll get to this game, back to this game just in a second here, but we got some breaking news with this Michigan-Ohio State game. John Rothstein just tweeted out that Hunter Dickinson is out in this game due to a stomach ailment per release. So that kind of indicates why we saw that line move from four and a half to five there. So Dickinson, who is like their all-American big guy, is Mm -hmm. out for today's game. And that is a devastating blow for this Michigan team. And I'm already seeing five and a halves pop up here on the board here as we're about 10 minutes away from tip-off. And this, who knows how high this can go. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if we saw six at close here with that news that Dickinson is out. But your reaction there with this news coming out here with Michigan without their best player. Well, for me personally, I can go, and that's the beauty of online betting, Femi. I could literally just got in here and said cash out, and it was I put a dime on it, cash me out the full dime. I got the basically I got a refund, so yeah. no harm done here. No and that's harm, no news. foul. Thanks for the thanks for the update. I did not see that. We know they're going to tip off here in less than ten minutes, and yeah, that that was my biggest reasoning for getting involved with Michigan was because of Dickinson and the matchup against that front line or the thin front line there for Ohio State without Hunter Dickinson on the floor. 
yeah, I can see why that number is going to move for sure in, in favor of Ohio State. So thank you for that information. It pays to listen. Thank you for being in my headset, because I was able to get myself out of that bet. And, and sometimes that's the beauty. And again, being able to, at least here in Colorado, we have so many operators and mm-hmm. being able to, to play mobily and play online, you hear information like that. And and a lot of times for me, Femi, I'm more of an in-game player, uh, especially when it comes to the NBA, because we see this happen all the time with guys being out and not knowing whether they're going to play or not. But in this case here, um, I, I think now where it is for Michigan, I mean, that's a huge letdown for the Michigan Wolverines, yeah. knowing that they, they need him on the floor. He's such a tough matchup, and now that he's not there, you're going to have to see Brooks and company really have to step up their game, try to knock down some perimeter shots, because inside out, that's the way they like to play to the Wolverines. Not going to have that opportunity now, tonight, or this morning without Hunter Dickinson on the floor. Yeah, that, that, that is really big news, and uh, like we said, it pays to listen here. It pays to be on Twitter. Um, it's one of the, the love-hate relationship with that website there, but there's a lot of good information. If you're a sports better and you're not on Twitter. Um, I don't know if it, maybe you got inside sources that can give you the information even faster. But right there, you just saw the tweet come across from John Rothstein, and boom, that indicates why the line was moving in this game. As we see six in some places, uh, BetMGM, I believe, we're still at five and a half. But I mean, some shops in town, we're seeing six, six minus 115. Juice to the Buckeyes there. Who knows how high this goes? But that is a big, big loss for this Michigan team that is trying to fight their way into the NCAA tournament. And it looks like they're going to need a couple wins next weekend in the Big Ten tournament to punch their ticket. But that a just worst-case scenario here for the Wolverines in this game. But uh, we mentioned Nebraska and Wisconsin. That game tips off over at 11. Michigan, Ohio State, 930. We got about 50 seconds left. I don't know if we have the Big Ten odds to look at the conference odds to win the Big Ten. But to me, I mean, this is Wisconsin's a a team that's going to be talked about to potentially win that Big Ten tournament. But I got to look at Purdue as probably the favorite to go ahead and uh, cut the nets down in a couple weeks, or rather in a week from now in the Big Ten tourney. Well, Purdue better start to defend better. I think that's the issue with Purdue. They have the bigs out there. They're tough to match up offensively with Edie and Trevion Williams. But you pull Edie away from the basket of ball screens, he's a total liability on that defensive side for Purdue. That's my biggest concern with them, defense in the half court. And we will look at those Big Ten odds in the next segment and also begin our preview of the NBA. But the big news out of the game that's about to tip off, Michigan-Ohio State, no Hunter Dickinson for the Wolverines. That line climbing to six now with the Buckeyes landed at home. We discuss it on the other side. This is Betting Across America. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. Uh, James, we had the big news out of the Big Ten. There with Hunter Dickinson out for this game against the Ohio State Buckeyes. He is dealing with a stomach ailment, according to John Rothstein over there at CBS. And we're going to get to the Big Ten talk and their standings in just a bit here in terms of who might be able to win this conference tournament. That championship game will be played one week from today. But let's recap and update the folks on what's going on in Memphis. Memphis. The Tigers, they lead Houston 23 to 11. Right now, Memphis laying six and a half on the live line, total 140 and a half. And I, I thought about Memphis pre flop here, but I couldn't do it, only getting two and a half. And I guess I should have. <laughs> 
Well, and Memphis has been very aggressive defense. We knew that both teams were going to be aggressively, but a lot of live ball turnovers out of Me- for, from Houston based on the pressure that we're seeing. Great ball pressure so far on Memphis. Being able to pick up, pick up, picking up 55 for the most part, putting a lot of pressure on Houston's guards and being able to get out some some easy baskets in transition on live ball turnovers, converting those into, into points. And I think that's where Memphis was able to jump on it early. So far, we've had nine turnovers out of Houston in just the first 10 minutes of play, Femi. Yeah, that's uh, not an ideal scenario, especially playing a Memphis team that's really good defensively. Uh, we saw this game get bet to the under. Uh, it opened 140, closed around 137, 137 and a half. I even see a 136 on the board here as well. So the uh, the betting market liked this game to be a lower scoring game, and it has gone toward the under. Also in the Big Ten, a game happening right now. We have Michigan, Ohio State about to tip off, but Penn State and Rutgers is underway there at the rack where Rutgers has been amazing so far this season. Rutgers leads it 18 to 9. We are off the board right now in terms of a live line or total, but Rutgers in this game, they ended up closing as a five and a half, six point favorite there. Six being the, uh, the rather five and a half being the consensus number in favor of the Scarlet Knights. But I'm seeing sixes paint across the board here in this Michigan and Ohio State game. But let's talk more macro picture here in terms of the Big Ten because Wisconsin right now, you mentioned if they win today, they win the entire share of the Big Ten championship. They are one game up against the Illinois fighting Illini. Uh, Illinois right now would be the two seed. Purdue, maybe a three seed. You have Iowa, Ohio State, five ranked teams in the Big Ten. And when we look toward the conference tournament, would you maybe settle on one of those ranked teams to win the conference tournament? Or do you think one of these teams like a Rutgers or a Michigan State or a Michigan can make a deep run next week? Well, uh for Michigan, Hunter Dickinson's going to have to be careful what he eats. Obviously, if he's dealing with <laughs> yeah. the stumbling ailment, who knows what their buffet was like <laughs> last night? You know that big fella could put it. He could put it away too. But <laughs> I, I just I, I think of a team like Iowa. Perhaps they're playing very well right now. This team can shoot the basketball from a number of different areas on the floor. Keegan Murray's a terrific player. He leads the the Big Ten in scoring. And a team like Iowa, who's who's hot right now, wanting they've won eight out of their last nine, putting up 83 plus points per game. I just don't see this. Big Big Ten Conference. We think of Big Ten and we just think of, we think of a 10-yard fight, right? It's just a, a half court, get in there and you're just going to bruise each other up and and low-scoring type of affairs but it's just not that type of conference when we're talking about the collective defense across the board. We already talked about at least from my perspective for Purdue not, not a very defensively sound team, not a very physical team out on the perimeter with their defense either. Illinois, they can be but if you get Kofi Coburn in foul trouble, you can pull him away from the basket too. We saw Saw that last week against Ohio State that was able to pull Colfern away from the basket, got him in foul trouble. He's not one that's going to be able to play ball screens 20 feet from the from the bucket. So I think there's ways to attack Illinois with their defense and Wisconsin. I love Johnny Davis, but I don't think this is it's not a very athletic team. And so I don't think they're a terrific defensive team either. And you can get you can beat Wisconsin down the floor in transition and a team like Iowa, as well as they shoot and a player like Keegan Murray, even if you get tight into the second half and you need somebody that can just create shots and make plays, he's that guy. Maybe it's Iowa that's playing well right now, bring some of that momentum into the conference tournament. They stay hot like they have been over the last month or so. This is a team that I think can score their way to the Big Ten tournament title. Yeah, I want to ask you about this Wisconsin Badgers team because this is a team that they're led by Johnny Davis, like you mentioned, uh, might be one of the players of the year, depending on which publication uh, gives out the award there. But 
they have played so many close games. And I think the best thing that they do when you look at their numbers over there on Ken Palm is that they don't turn the basketball over. They're number three in the country in terms of offensive turnover percentage there. So this team, they don't beat themselves. If you want to beat Wisconsin, you have to just be flat out better than them on that day. This, this is not going to be them making mistakes here. What do you think the ceiling is of this team? You mentioned it's kind of Johnny Davis and, and the rest of the guys. Is this a team that you think can make a deep run in the NCAA tournament? So much of it just comes down to the matchups, right? And I, I think if you're if your teams that are if the matchups that they play, if they're going to play teams that are built similarly, where it is a half court style of game, I think that favors Wisconsin, and especially the fact that because they value the basketball, do not turn the basketball over a lot of times because it's not a team that is going to get out and run in transition. They don't have those kind of athletes and finishers out there on the on the wings, but. Uh, to me, it's always about matchups, and so I don't try to project too far ahead, Femi, until mm -hmm. we actually get to see the bracket and get involved and say, all right, well, based on there's based not so much on the seeding, but we can also see what region they're in. But you yeah. try to look ahead and you see potential matchups out there for them within that in their region. And I think for Wisconsin, it's all about the matchups for me. But you know, they win this game today against Nebraska. They will be the number one seed rolling into that conference tournament, so they'll get those that that buy. But I I, I just I. I just don't know if this I, I don't see Wisconsin winning this Big Ten tournament I do it's the more we sometimes we just get on the air and we start to kind of process it through like yeah. it's like sitting on the couch and all right Femi be my therapist here and let, <laughs> help me work through some of my issues with teams like Wisconsin and Purdue that I just I'm not in love with them I know Purdue's had a, a really sensational season although they've been up and down over the last few weeks but a team like Iowa I just like teams that can find ways to score mm -hmm. for multiple multiple spots on the floor and then they have a ball player and a gamer like like Keegan Murray, sometimes in conference tournament, these teams know each other so well that talent can play out. And I like some of these scores that we see out of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, Keegan Murray has been terrific. He's thrown his hat into the conference turn, or rather the uh, player of the year discussion here down the stretch. Uh, Illinois is a team that you mentioned with Coburn, and sometimes he gets kind of played off the floor, not really played off the floor, but can be exposed when he has to kind of defend out there on the perimeter. I love that team last year, and then we saw how that season ended uh, in the second round of Loyola, Chicago. But the Illini won the conference tournament a year ago with that team that was so good. Io DeSumo now with the Chicago Bulls was kind of their lead player. Do you buy Izzo, Michigan State? This Michigan State team has really stumbled down the stretch here. But Izzo, we know it's, it's his month. And if, if he's ever going to turn it around, now is the time. Well, I, I think we're so used to seeing Michigan State teams. Yes, and Izzo's been there for uh, – He we know what the identity of a Michigan State Spartan college basketball team is going to be, and it's going to start on the, uh, the the defensive side and the physical nature of that team. And then having great guard play and leaders at the guard position, I think that's where this team has just fallen short. I think Izzo, for as great a leader as he is for the program, again, these guys don't step out on the court and perform. You have to have leadership on the court and, and somebody that can just find their way to get everybody into their sets and understand who's playing well, find that hot hand and milk it from that perspective for Michigan State, and they just don't have that. This team is just really devoid of that uh, of that backcourt leadership, and and so I don't think so. I, I think for as as much as it, and rightfully so, all the fanfare and the accolades that have been put on Tom Izzo throughout his career. This is just not a. This is really a substandard team in my mind for Michigan State and Spartans rolling into the tournament. They could be, eh, well, they were a one and done. They were the play in last year and yep. couldn't get it done against UCLA, right? I don't see this, and that team was better than what this team is here. Uh, if they can make it into the tournament, they could potentially be that one and done team again.
Yeah, you mentioned the backcourt issues there. Well, we turn our attention to the NBA, and the team that's dealing with some backcourt issues for injury purposes is the Phoenix Suns. No Chris Paul tonight. Uh, no Devin Booker. Devin Booker in the health and safety protocol. The Bucks are nine and a half point favorites at home in this NBA Finals rematch. Total two thirty one and a half. We got about ninety seconds left here, James. But early thoughts on this NBA Finals rematch between the Suns and the Bucks. Yeah, I played this, actually. I played it last night when I was looking at these. I'm tr- Bear with me. I'm kind of spinning here to try to pull up my current bets. <laughs> oh, no, but I, did, I, I didn't. It was six and a half last night with the Bucks when I looked at Phoenix. And, and we know we know Chris Paul's out for the remainder of the regular season. Devin Booker out with COVID protocol. Cam Johnson, who hit that three-pointer, banked in that three-pointer against the Knicks on Friday night, poured in 38 points against New York in that game. He is also not going to be playing in this game. He's out with a quad injury. So, yes, the line moved significantly. I didn't lay that. Here it is. I didn't lay that six and a half uh, like it is. Like you said, it's up to nine and a half. I put it in a money line parlay. It was 275 at the time. I think we're up to 450 now. Yep. But I did put them in a money line parlay with the Clippers going against said Knicks tonight. So that's my only play here. I mean, I, I, I don't know how you can get involved here with the Suns just knowing so much firepower in the backcourt as well as Cam Johnson coming up the bench and his prowess to shoot 38 points again on Friday night against the Knicks. Not going to be in this game either. More so maybe as there's a bit of a letdown from the Bucks. We see that when your opponent doesn't have their star players. Maybe there's a bit of a letdown here, but for the Bucks trying to get themselves rolling in the right direction going in to playoffs here in a month. I think the obviously the Bucks are the by far the the healthier team the better team i wouldn't lay it at nine and a half so i like the money line where i got it at 275 yeah i think sixers coach doc rivers always talks about when the other team doesn't have their best player that's when he gets most concerned because he's fearful of his guys letting down there we'll see if the bucks let down laying nine and a half at home against the phoenix Suns. total 231 and a half this game tips off 12 30 pacific time on the other side Nets celtics that game going on at the top of the hour we'll discuss it here it's betting across america I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets. If a 
three-pointer is made in the game that you wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, to update real quick on what's going on in college hoops, Rutgers leads Penn State 25-17. Scarlet Knights land 8.5. The total 118.5 in that game. Memphis has really opened this thing up against Houston. The Tigers are up 37-20 to and are laying 10.5 on the live number. The total in that game, 146.5. And then in the Big Ten, this game tipped off about 15 minutes ago. Ohio State leads Michigan 13 to 11. Buckeyes, seven and a half on the live number. Total, 143 and a half. But that market is kind of all out of whack after the late breaking news of Hunter Dickinson not playing due to a stomach ailment. But how about Memphis here, though, James? It's the turnovers. I mean, we're sitting here saying they've got 37 points here. So much of it coming off of live ball turnovers, 11 turnovers so far out of the Houston Cougars. I think Memphis, great job, very athletic team. Great job being able to apply ball pressure and play defense without fouling. And they're not being physical. I wanted to see how are the officials going to call this game. But really, it's been the perimeter defense for Memphis, applying great ball pressure, very active hands, creating these turnovers. Again, like I said, 11 turnovers from the Memphis or from the Houston Cougars with 37 points for the Tigers so far. I'm going to say that probably at least half of those, if not more, have come directly out of transition because of those turnovers from Houston. In the NBA, we got a game tipping off in about 15 minutes. A really fun game out there in Boston between the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Celtics laying six and a half points, total 224 and a half, which might be surprising to some because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant will be playing in this game at the same time on the same team. Like this duo that we have not seen much of together will be playing, but they're catching six and a half points because Jalen Brown is in for the Boston Celtics. Anything for you in terms of the side or the total? No, I mean, I don't want to get involved with the Nets here. It's a, it's a big number, and with KD now coming back, how, I mean, how good is Kevin Durant? He hadn't played since, what, January 15th, I believe it was. Mm. Yeah, January 15th, on the shelf for six-plus weeks, misses over 20 games, steps right in, picks up where he left off, poured in 31 points against the Heat the other night in his return, uh, but wasn't enough to be able to pull the win here for Brooklyn. Now having to go on the road, I think we'll be able to see with Kyrie back, in, back on the floor, we'll – Nets will be able to put some points on the board, but the Celtics have been playing much better, four out of five since the since the All-Star break and moving themselves up the Eastern Conference standings. You mentioned that J.M. Brown will be out there on the floor, and I think for the Celtics, being able to solidify the interior of the defense for them with Al Horford, Robert Williams playing very well as the rim protector and very athletic out on being able to pull out on ball screens. He can move his feet and, and defend the perimeter when necessary. I, I just think defensively, Boston's going to have much more of an answer than we will see out of the Brooklyn Nets. It's mm -hmm. And it's an early start in a sense here. I'd probably be leaning toward, I, I get why that number's moving and the money's coming on the Celtics. I don't want to get involved with the Nets. It's just in and out of the lineup for Kyrie Irving when they're on the road, that type of thing. And and with KD coming back in, you know, there's only one basketball out there on the floor. So one's going to be dominating the ball. And usually when Kyrie is out there, he tends to be the one that dominates 
the the testing the ball for air and making sure it can bounce. <laughs> yeah, testing the ball for air. I've never heard that one, but uh, sometimes it looks like that with how much he dribbles there. Brooklyn, they're hanging on here for this number eight seed. When you look at the Eastern Conference standings oh. right now, they are two and a half games back of Toronto for the seventh seed, but only a half game lead on Charlotte and Atlanta, who are tied in the in the standings here. So Brooklyn, if they lose this game, could very easily drop to a nine seed or a ten seed. Now they don't really have any fear of going out of the playing tournament here, but they're making things very difficult on themselves as they've lost three straight games straight up here. Do you maybe look at them as a buy low team because they are desperate? And we saw a desperate team last night in the Lakers beat the Warriors as five and a half point dogs. Yeah, but I mean, potentially anytime you have the star power of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and see what I, I you know, I believe they're in New York City. They are going to lift the vaccine mandate. I, I'm not sure. I, I've been hearing things about that. Does that mean yeah. now that Kyrie Irving will able to be performing and be on the court when the, the Nets are at home in Brooklyn? I suspect so once you get towards the playoffs. But, you know, it's can these guys stay healthy? And I guess that's the biggest question for me. We've seen not only with Kyrie, but also with KD, just this this, these when they're on the floor, sensational players, but they got to be out there on the floor. We saw that fall apart for them last year in the playoffs against Milwaukee, and KD almost pulled it out by himself. Mm -hmm. But I just have concerns with the health, and anytime you're trying to create and build some chemistry out there on the court, you got to be out there healthy on the floor, and we haven't seen that all season long. I don't see them being able to, for the Brooklyn Nets, being able to find that competitive chemistry come playoff time, and it's really top-heavy in the East, but man, you've got some really solid teams up front that they would be ended up playing if they're going to be one of those lower seeds where the Brooklyn Nets have to go on the road and play either the Heat, the the Sixers, or even back to the Bucks. I think it's a tough matchup in any of those cases for those three teams. Yeah, the Brooklyn Nets, despite all of that, are still plus 650 to win the NBA championship over at BetMGM, which, I mean, it looks like they're going to be having to get it done through the play-in tournament, and then they'll be on the road in all of their series coming up in the NBA playoffs. So this is, I, I get that the ceiling of a Durant and Kyrie Irving team and Ben Simmons, whenever they're able to get him back into this thing and start playing basketball, it's, it has the potential to be an elite type of team, but we just had, haven't seen it yet. So you'd be kind of banking on something that has not come to fruition just yet here in the regular season. A fun game in the Eastern Conference. On paper, it might not have been the sexiest matchup between Toronto and Cleveland, but in terms of the implications, I think this is a really, really big game here with Cleveland. They've been reeling post-All-Star break here, trying to cling to that top six seed. They're laying three and a half against the Raptors in this spot at home. Total 212 and a half. Uh, this Cavs team, what do we make of them? They were so good the two-thirds way, two thirds through the th regular season, I should say, but now it almost feels like they've been kind of coming back down to earth. Well, I probably played a little beyond expectations for sure. I think a lot of it was centered on the backcourt, and the backcourt's been banged up, and that's the biggest key here We're, is the depth or the lack of depth that we saw in the backcourt. We know you already, you've already... You know, it's just Darius Garland has returned the last couple of games, so that helps from that perspective. But, you know, Levert's been hurt. Rondo's been in and out of the lineup. So just not having that depth like we've seen uh, the first part of the season for the Cavs. They definitely have the firepower and the strength on the interior, you know, with, with Mobley as well as Jared Allen being able to protect the rim. But here you look at the other side with the Raptors. I mean, I... This is, this is what we get into when you talk, start to looking at the latter part of the season in the NBA, Femi. As you mm -hmm. look at the Raptors, they, th this is a team that gets up for their bigger opponents and then has no interest in playing the, the non-playoff 
type of teams. And you saw them earlier in the week. They swept the home-and-home -home set against Brooklyn on Monday and Tuesday this past week. And then back-to-bat flat efforts to follow that up, losing at home to Detroit and Orlando for the Raptors. Uh, I, I, this is just a team that I just don't know where this is at. This is going to be their fifth game in seven days going into Cleveland. And think about this. I'm probably not going to play this game, but looking, I try to look at where they're at in the schedule, but also what does the schedule look like coming up for a team? And there's their points where maybe you can find some better fade spots. And I think there's going to be some fade spots for the Toronto Raptors. Again, mentioned today will be their fifth game in seven days, but then you look at their schedule over the next two weeks, they're going to play eight of their next nine games on the road and those nine games will culminate in 15 days so very condensed schedule over the course of not only the next two weeks but this week prior that's a lot of contests getting out there and playing you can see why these guys are taking some of these night offs against some of these inferior teams I don't know if Cleveland qualifies as that inferior team here but I don't think Van Fleet is going to play in this game either tough spot for the Raptors tough schedule coming up fade spots for sure against Toronto but it won't be tonight for me I'm not going to play it yeah, this Cleveland team is so young. The backcourt has been banged up. But, I mean, Evan Mobley's been a game changer for this Cleveland team in terms of their defense. Him and Jared Allen, they're really good at protecting the rim on those switches on the perimeter as well. But it's 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 been a fun story for this NBA season. But mm -hmm. it's almost like it's kind of coming back down to earth just a little bit here. I mean, they were in contention for a possible number one seed. Now they're six games back of the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference standings here. So it looks like Cleveland is likely going to be maybe max out as, as a five seed, maybe a four seed, but if Boston keeps playing the way that they're playing, uh, it can get very, very tricky for this Cavs team to improve their seedings out there in the East, unless maybe they can pass the Chicago Bulls, who have lost four straight in their own right. Uh, think about all those DeMar DeRozan MVP discussions we had last Sunday. Those seem to have cooled off now here as the Bulls have also come back to earth there in the Central Division. On the other side, our number two, we continue our road to the draft, and we're taking another pit stop at the Meadowlands, talking J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. This is Betting Across America. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.